Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we are having a beautiful conversation with an amazing vocalist and teacher named Paraclaw. Paraclaw, I don't know how to describe her work to really fully embody it, but I was amazed by her story. And her story alone is so inspiring, but it will also create such a beautiful picture around why she provides the type of work that she does and creates the beautiful music that she creates. She is known globally for her beautiful, amazing gift of song. Her work has been compared to being like the voice of Mother Earth itself. She helps women um, primarily focusing on their healing and unveiling their true essence and reclaiming their sensuality. But as you will find, if you go to her website, paraclaw.com, you will hear how activating her voice is. So when I first heard about her work, um, one of the first songs I listened to was one called Awaken the Snake and another called Let the Shakti In. And both of these songs were very kundalini focused and again, very activating. And after having this conversation with her, it reminded me of how powerful um, it is to experience chanting. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'm sure recently you've heard my interview with my teacher, Franz. And I mentioned in that interview how the chanting work is my favorite part of his class. And it's because it's very much focused on breathing and allowing the mind to be at rest in the lower Dandian or down in the sacral chakra area. And we chant from that space and it's quite powerful, the level of vibration and then the sound that emits from the body. You can feel how transformative it is. Well, the same is very true. I had the same experience and listening to Paraqua, her voice, the music, the vibration of it all is so powerful. And it's one of those things you have to experience. So I do recommend absolutely going to her website, listening to her body of music, but also checking out her body of work as it relates to training you and reconnecting with your body recognizing the importance and as she says the gift of being embodied and how being embodied of in of itself is a privilege and her story is so phenomenal and it really highlights how this can impact and change your life in so many ways so i hope that you enjoy this conversation with paraqua be sure to visit her website and follow her on instagram her name is spelled P-E-R-U-Q-U-O-I-S, but the links to connect with her, of course, are down in the show description. I will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. So today we are here with the beautiful Paraqua. And we're going to talk a lot about unveiling our true essence and the beautiful work that you do as a vocalist. And I know you focus a lot on all different layers of our healing and awakening. So I want to thank you, first of all, for being here to have this conversation today. <laughs> thank you for having me so much. And I'm very happy to be with your audience. Yeah, well, the thing about you, I was looking at your body of work, and I have to say right off the bat, your voice is phenomenal. I mean, it's just so activating listening to your music. I was surprised at what I was feeling internally. It feels like an actual activation listening to your music. So mm -hmm. I became very curious about you in terms of what happened first? Like, what has your spiritual journey been? And is that what influenced the music or what came first? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, that's a, that's a really big subject because I guess I'm 52 years old now. And it's, it was a huge journey that, you know, some people have an epiphany at a certain age, but for me, my journey was 
epiphany after epiphany, like a very rich life experience, you know. And uh, I think it began with a lot of challenges and traumas that I had to get through as a young woman because I was born with a very deep condition in the body, which I had rotation of the hips that made me walk very funny, run funny, and then turned into an arthritic condition as I get older and older. And uh, at 11 years of age, the doctors did an experimental surgery where they cut the legs uh, on the bones between the knees and the hips and rotated the whole bottom of the legs out, pinned them. And so basically restructured the entire legs by breaking the bones all the way through. And uh, it was really unsuccessful in that <clears throat> it led me with what left me with what looked like more normal legs, but extraordinary pain that I have had to grow myself through so from that age of maybe in my teens is when this chronic sciatic had kicked in and it was really one of those you know you sometimes get given things from your genetic you know from your ancestry line this right. was one of those things that came from my ancestry line and said here you go you're going to be born with this and not only are you going to be born with it but you're going to get butchered and you're going to have to learn how to transform this energy of pain and suffering into something deeper, you know. And so for me, it, it's been one of those root factors in terms of I can either suffer in pain or I can learn how to transform this pain. And so what this pain has done throughout my life is it's helped me to go very deep in the body. And um, because my focus has been with the voice, which was not an easy entry into it, wasn't like I was gifted with voice and I was supported. No, it was quite the opposite. Uh, I was gifted with voice, supported by one part of my family, which was my grandparents, and my mother stood against me until my late teens and said, no, you will not sing, you know, no, that's not your gift. In fact, it's ridiculous that you can even think you can sing. So I had to transform a lot of them, a lot of obstacles to even recognize or follow that passion uh, to sing. And um, a big moment for me where that opened was when my mother left my life, went and married somebody and I was at like about 15, 16 at the time, went and married another man and said, you're kind of on your own, you know. Wow. And it was one of those big, big blessings because it brought me out of that influence of a mother who was just fearfully positioned against my soul's calling, right? I don't blame her for it. She was just afraid I'd be a poor musician, you know. Right. <laughs> she did it. She didn't want that for me. I mean, nobody wants that for their daughter, you know. So she almost tricked me into believing that I should be something like a psychologist, something very stable, you know. And her leaving my world, basically the soul switched on. And miracle after miracle happened in my life where people came and supported the recognition no, you can sing. Uh, you know, I got myself into conservatorium at the age of 19 when I had no training. You know, miracle after miracle happened to support the birthing of what was, I would say, a true calling, you know. And uh, when I was 17, I moved in with a woman as a flat chair who recognized this gift. And she said, you know, what if? Just dream with me for a moment. What if you could sing? Who would you sing for and why? And I wrote down on a piece of paper when I was 17, if I could sing, because it seemed like this ridiculously unreal dream, if I could sing, I would sing for healing. And I wouldn't just sing to entertain people or just to emotionally you know, evoke them, but to actually help them to heal on every level. But I got swept into the jazz world because I went through a conservatorium degree. 
And I kind of lost that vision, you know, until I was in my early 20s, about 23. And then soul's calling was like knocking on me with such such ferocity that I I felt this enormous like well of emptiness. Even though my external world at this time, I've been through my conservatorium degree, I'm becoming a successful jazz singer in the biggest city in Australia, and I'm feeling so empty because I'm not following this calling, you know. And uh, in, the, in the real dark night of the soul moment, um, once I, I, I'd, I'd done a concert the day before, and I felt really up and down at this time in my life, like... Um, artists often experience this thing where they come off stage, they're high, and the next day they crash as the serotonin and the dopamine crash, you know. And that's often what leads artists towards drugs, alcohol, etc. you know. But I, instead of following that path, I went to my place of solace, which was the ocean, because I had grown up on the ocean. And I went to this very powerful place and I cried out to the ocean. I said, Mother, I'm so lost. Like, where did I go wrong? Why am I so unhappy? And I just called this out. What am I doing here? Should I even stay here on the planet? And it was like all of nature came and embraced me, the wind, the waves. And it's as though I heard a song all around me. In the presence of this question, which was a real question, like, should I stay here? Or should I go? You know, where, why am I so lost? And I think many people have that moment. And if you really sincerely ask this question, there's a silence that can come inside of you that happened to me that day. And the wind came. And it was though it was answering my question. The elements were like embracing me. And I woke up to the fact that there was this enormous love inside our elements, our mother planet, all around me. And all I needed to do was listen, be silent enough to listen and to hear this voice. And when I started to understand that this mother, this feeling this of nature was so alive with a vibration that was so healing, I fell into this state of incredible love, as though the ultimate mother energy embraced me and gave me this feeling of you are here, you are in your body, and you are in absolutely the right place. And when I realized that there was this vibration coming through the planet, I went, oh, my God, I've been so asleep. I thought that music was about, you know, trying to evoke something. But then I realized music was actually the vibration source of life and love itself. And when I realized this, I went, wow, imagine how many people for so long in the city, you know, so alone on this planet, so disconnected from this vibration of love. What if I could sing to wake this and restore this connection? So when you spoke about, oh, it's very activating, the voice is very activating, you know, when you're listening to the music, it's because I restored that broken link that many, many human beings have where their body, the mind, um, the soul, and the earth are disconnected. And I had that capacity uh, after a long journey uh, to actually restore this in people. And in this moment where I realized this, I said, Mother, if there's any way that I can sing for you, show me how. And within two weeks, a Native American shaman turned up in my life and said, Ben, I've been waiting for you, you know. That's a whole other story. But I ended up marrying him and going on that pathway to explore the depths of how to clean the emotional body, the physical body, like the ego, everything to make space 
for this really authentic, wholesome, loving vibration to actually totally sing through me. And that's that was the transformation I went through as woman, the jazz singer, you yeah. know, to the woman that has this voice to be able to touch people on a much deeper level than just enjoyment or even just emotion. It's interesting hearing your story now. It's almost like it's giving um totally an expanded perspective of the lyrics that you sing because not only was it your voice that was very, you know, it is very activating the vibration and the sound and the way that you use your voice, but the lyrics were so powerful as well. And with what you're just sharing, it reminds me of, I was watching the performance of you on stage with the song Soul Fire. And I was like, wow, this is so powerful. But also the song She, which just by the way, for everyone listening, I'm going to put the links to these songs in the show description so they can see. But backing up even more, I really want to ask you about, because you spoke about how the the pain that you encountered at such a young age, how it sent you more deeply into body. And this is so fascinating to me because I think a lot of people, any type of pain we encounter, we tend to want to escape the body, you know, like just mentally, just get away, escape. So you had this just knowing or way of coming deeper in. And I want to ask you about that experience because I think that's one of the uh, biggest struggles we all have now, that disconnection from self, no matter what the trauma may have been. So could you talk Mm. a little bit about what that gift for you is going so deep in, but why you also focus your work so much in us being very connected deeply within ourselves? Mm -hmm. And deeply within the body. Um, You know, I mean, for me, this is how it switched on. Now I realize that to have a body is an incredible privilege and I never take it for granted. And here's why. My blood father drowned uh, when I was three years old. He went out on a fishing boat. He took two crew with him, common every week he did this. But this particular time, a big storm blew up and he disappeared. And search party went out for him for three or four days, and then everybody gave up and said, he's never coming back. Imagine how that affected my mother, my family, and me, to realize that the person that you love can suddenly just be gone like that, right? Just mysteriously, not even with an answer to the question, but mysteriously. And that taught me something, that life is precious and it could go in an instant, right? When I went through my surgery, it was very, very painful recovery. And this was my next lesson. I was put in a center for disabled children, children who couldn't walk, maybe couldn't talk, couldn't eat. Their brain was working, but their bodies were not, right? And uh, they lived there because their parents couldn't take care of them. So they could have been five years old, 20 years old, like any age. And I was only there for two months. And in two months, my whole reality shifted because I realized I was going to walk again after this surgery and they would never walk again. And I had such a gratitude that switched on in me that, my God, I've got a body. I have a body and it's going to walk. And I've never forgotten this. And what it also taught me because I suffered a lot emotionally because kids teased me a lot because of my condition. I looked funny. And, uh, and these kids suffered enormously too because they got teased a lot or there were people in society just fear disabled people. They don't know how to cope with this difference, you know. So they're just scared and so they just like shut you off, you know. And I realised how incredibly violent that fear is of uh, the unknown, of something strange in people, even though they cannot help it themselves. And this enormous compassion opened up in, in me at this age of 11. And that's what switched on, was never take life for granted, you know? 
always keep this incredible gratitude for the privilege of being in a body. So I had no idea I was going to face so much pain at this time. For me, it was like I was saved at this stage, you know, but I wasn't, and the pain got worse and worse. And that made me realize I had a passion. I wanted to sing, but how could I sing when I was in so much pain? So I had to keep asking these deeper questions. How do I get out of this pain? How do I get out of this pain? And eventually it led me inside the body. Um, before the interview, you spoke to me about a friend of yours who's a dancer, a ballet dancer. Well, this was an enormous key for me because I started to dance. Even though I was in pain, I started to dance. And this was just one small, small key. But when that feminine energy, that life force that is very fluid, because when we dance, we roll, we undulate, we shimmy, etc. When we dance, this deeper feminine energy that flows up from the planet, you know, that flows, it comes into the body and it's like a celebration. So I would be able to switch from pain into flow, right? The other thing was that when I married the medicine man, I had to learn to sit still through various different ceremonies. And there was a lot of praying going on in these ceremonies. I was saying, please, Mother, hope to heal me. So, of course, it requires when we have pain an enormous passion to find out how we can help ourselves. And, and there's many, many different sources for that help. When you truly, sincerely have that calling, I want to heal myself and I will not stop until I find the answers that I need. And you know what? You could spend the rest of your life finding those answers, but every single answer that you find will take you deeper and deeper inside. Well, of course, eventually it led me to very deep meditation as well because I realized that I couldn't escape the body, which is what a lot of meditation practices are about, like go beyond the body, etc. I learned through my pain to come down and to feel in the body. So I learned to feel where was this pain in my heart, where was this pain in my hip, where was this pain in my womb, or wherever the pain was, to go in and totally meet it. And it needed a lot of love yeah. because, you know, I was butchered with a lot of unlove or there was a lot of traumas in my life that were unloving. So wherever pain was, there was normally some unlove there. And that required a great caring attention which also required deep breathing to go in, meet that pain in wherever it was, say it's in the heart, to breathe into it. And this is where sound became a profound releasing tool for me when I started to use the voice to release the pain. Ah, to let the body start to sound because the vibration of your voice is the bridge between the soul and your body. Let me say that again. The vibration of your voice is the bridge between your soul and your body. So when you consciously use your voice to connect with that pain and release it, it is one of your major healing tools. And that became a foundational uh, tool in my practice because the more I explored the pain the more I started to understand the different centers where we hold the pain say the heart the throat the mind uh, the womb the vagina if you're a woman penis but wherever we have these different centers and they vibrate with different sounds with different vibrations so I started to develop meditation practice that incorporates using sound to release that pain out of the body breath and sound sometimes movement to to release the pain so you start to become your own healer and when that sound starts to vibrate the locked contracted painful energy something the vibration of that pain starts to change it gets softer the waves get 
kind of deeper and slower. And then we experience opening in the body. And then once we have the body more open, love naturally starts to flood in and purify that pain. So that kind of became the basis to all practice that I do teach now because I've been teaching women since I was 27. So it's like, I don't know, 25 years or so in, from 63 countries. And so this became the basis to that practice. This is amazing. I'm looking at the time like, oh my gosh, I wish I could talk to her all day because a million questions come up with what it is that you're sharing and just how powerful your story is. And one of the main things that um, keeps echoing in the background is you having these conversations with such sincerity, speaking to mother, and you've identified mother as, you know, the one conversation with the ocean and mother as earth. And interestingly, what the dynamic was with your biological mother, right? And then you have this, this knowing or this allowance of yourself to be so deeply connected with knowing that almost like there's going to be this echo response of earth mother energy coming in to support you and guide you. That in of itself is um, so unbelievably beautiful. But I was thinking about how that correlated with dance for you, because like what you're saying, I could see how in teaching or if we tried the way that moving the body in a very sensual way, though, that that type of movement where you have to be connected to yourself to really feel it and it's juicy. Yeah. There's this, this play of that connection to body being a mirror of the connection to divine mother and earth energy. So when you had that request, when you're standing at the ocean saying like, tell me, how do I sing for you? And what do I do? Were you already in connection to that type of movement and does the movement itself inspire the way sound comes out of you? I know I'm asking a lot of things. It's just you're very interesting. And I the <laughs> beautiful questions. Um, <clears throat> at that time, I did not have the depth of connection to the dance. And actually, that moment, I think, woke up that flow. Because in that moment, the ocean was flowing like against these huge rocks. And it was as though I experienced the sound of the waves of the wind flowing around me. It was as though that switched on, but it didn't translate yet into dance. And the vibration, the flow, and starting to hear sound and music differently switched on. But it was another journey to integrating understanding. You know how you get those moments, like aha moments, you know? But then you've got to integrate them. And for me, my first integration, I suppose, was when I, uh, when I started to allow this sound to just sing through me. Now, what did I have to do to allow that? Was just get all of my conditioning, ideas about how to sing out of my head. So forget scales, forget, you know, all my musical knowledge and just allow myself to connect with the sounds of nature but more importantly what I felt in the body because the body is an incredible guide to opening up any aspect of us whether it's sound whether it's dance or whatever it is that we need to even our seeing even our psychic seeing the body is always the doorway in because our body is so much bigger than what we think it is. We, we forget uh, in, in daily life because that mind shrinks our perception down so tightly through cyclical loop thinking that we are this small, right, that we're just this, this body. But when you... Um, Allow yourself to drop in deeper in the body. And as I said, breath is a key. And of course, dance or voice or silence, meditation, sitting, but connecting to something that is breath-rooted, taking you down inside the body rather than out of the body. This is very, very important, especially I would say in feminine practice, because for us, 
as women, sorry guys, but for us as women, we relate to life totally through the body. We are bleeding every month with our menstruation. It's like it keeps us so connected to the body. But if we have a lot of pain, we say, but I don't want that, you know. But still our body won't let us go because we still bleed every month. And if we birth babies, that keeps it so real, the practicalities of mothering and everything keeps the body so real. And we become like the guardian of love in the body of life. You know, that's what, that's what a woman's real job here on the planet is, is to be the guardian of the body of love of life. So when we apply that principle to ourselves, it means that we need to guard ourselves from this craziness of the mental world, bring ourselves into the body and open up this flow of love. If we don't do that, the world feels unsafe. If we don't do that, we feel that we are constantly not enough as a woman. And if we don't do that, there's no love flowing in the body and everything feels wrong and out of alignment. So even if before you speak about spiritual energy, I would say the body is that spiritual energy and it requires a lot of love. And the irony is, is that you give love to your body, but the love is actually the source of the body's vibration. So the more we bring ourselves into loving the body, the more that enormous infinite vibration that's the healthy field of the earth, that's the healthy field of the cosmos, it opens up in the body. So we create um, a doorway into that connection of love through connecting with the body. It's the only way that we as women, and I would say for men as well, but can come home so that we feel this sense of flow. And so only later did the flow of dance and truly how to connect with the voice come through that consistent loving and releasing that pain, you know, that was inside of me, not just physical, but emotional traumas, etc. Did that allow for that flow to get stronger and stronger and stronger? And that's our natural state. So what I'm speaking about is not mine, it's our natural state that we just got, you know? Yes. Oh, that is so beautiful. And it's making me think of too, I remember when I was reading about your work and there were a lot of references to people um, comparing you or, or referencing you and your voice as the voice of earth. And now again, even that is expanding in my mind as to what that means because I'm I'm hearing in the background, um, some of the songs of yours that I listen to, and literally the sounds that you make. It would be as if, you know, if Earth herself were singing in voice that way, like not through wind or waves, but, you, you know, I could mm -hmm. see how that would easily translate. So I'm curious about this because you said something really powerful about the vibration of our voice being the bridge between our soul and our body. And I know that you also teach different classes like vocal yoga and vocal tantra. Curious about this because I sound like a horrible chicken when I sing. If we are doing these practices, is it more so just about how deeply we can connect with ourselves to allow the voice to express however it does? Or do we have to learn certain toning to get the vibration right. What is it like um, learning these techniques from you? Yeah, that's, I mean, the first thing is that I think that many people feel they cannot sing, you know, and that's only because we've been conditioned to shut up <laughs> because um, we've conditioned that singing should be beautiful and done in a certain way to be considered beautiful, but that's not the truth. Because we only have to look at any kind of tribal singing on the planet to see that they use the voice in a very different way, you know. And um, what I find working with uh, people and voice, with women of voice, first of all, when you start to get the awareness from down in the mind, breathe 
right down into that low belly, womb center, rooted kind of like a sense of being rooted even deeper into the vagina, into the yoni. So there's a sense of absolute root there. The voice starts to become authentic. And so what women find is they come into the class or the practice, depending whether they're online or in retreat or whatever, and they start with this voice that is not really the voice that is their voice. And they come out with this deep kind of rich, almost like, like I don't know where that came from, they were saying. I don't know what that is. But that's their natural voice because we've been conditioned to only speak with the upper part of our body, you know. A lot of mental energy, sometimes for spiritual people, a bit of heart. But this deep-rooted feminine energy that comes from uh, rising life force through the body, it roots the voice in a different way. And when we start to use the voice, like I'm guiding you in through the practice, to find those root sounds of the of the centers I mentioned the first you know you can use let's use the word chakra people know uh, chakra or, or the root center the womb etc then they have these certain vibrations and it's something beyond singing normal singing and when you start to really allow that voice to be unified with the energy of that center that it there is so much experience, for example, in your womb. There's so much experience in your vagina, for example, that never truly gets expressed. So when you just allow the mind to get out of the way, there is this incredible voice that starts to come out of these centers because these centers have been locked down. And it's often silenced through a lot of traumatic experiences, rapes, difficult births, um, grief from loss of people we've loved or whatever. And they've been silenced in that. When you allow the body to truly be opened with certain uh, breath, vibrational sounds, the body starts to authentically resonate as itself. Then we find your authentic voice. And it's powerful. So when when a, a woman particularly has unified herself, like reclaimed her voice, she's much more rooted. She breathes from her lower belly when she speaks. There's a feeling that she trusts herself, you know, a lot more. And and I often find that there's the next step. There's the step of sounding from the body. And then that sounding naturally wants to start to sing. And we have all of this um, capacity, this connection to in intuitive music inside the body. So once the lock has been unlocked, we start to connect to this music that is innately ours. So, for example, once I've worked with, say, a group of women in the room, and I can have anything from 300 to 1,000 women in the room, but once I unlock or they unlock themselves in a center, for example, and you just let that voice start to open, the sound of the room is phenomenal as women are just exploring the vibrations and the melodies inside of them. It's like... You know, it's it's like a, a volcano has exploded and suddenly there's this flow of this very passionate liquidity, this lava just flowing out of her. And it's it's very, very healing. And this is, you know, I've made practices like Vogel Yoga, as you mentioned. There's certain practices that I work with centers in the body and they are for emotional cleansing. So I mentioned about the womb. There's a course on grief and how to let that womb center just let go and sound that enormous pain that maybe you've carried from, I don't know, a terrible childbirth or an abortion or a rape or something like that. You know, once you let that out, there's this, this beauty of um, love and the voice started to become more and more real and more and more connected to creative energy, to this flow that we speak, spoke about when we dance, for example, yes. but with voice. So um, there are a lot of different courses approaching your healing, about 15 courses, 
from various different things that you might carry inside yourself and you need support and you need help to open that up and release it out of your body. Well, it's beautiful to hear that. One, I want to let people listening know that all of these beautiful offerings, these courses that you have, they are available online. And that is something, of course, I'll put the link to down in the description, but you're helping me recognize um, a certain practice. Recently, I had um, three or four days with one of my teachers, and they Mm. only come to United States once a year. And I was telling my teacher, my favorite part of the class is the chanting. And it's literally, we have to focus on our lower dandian or, you know, in our um, lower abdomen while we're chanting. And it always makes just tears come out, but I feel great. But it's my favorite part of feeling that vibration in my own body, but then hearing the variation of sound through everyone else in the room. So yeah, I, I can see why and now it's making sense of why that is so um, powerful and my favorite part. But I, I want to ask you from what you shared too, when we are connecting our voice and allowing like our mind, our voice, like allowing our entire beings to be anchored down in. And I'm also thinking about the, you mentioned earlier, the undulation and the belly dance, like if we're doing shimmies or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. I love Mayas, but when we're working um, this lower part of the body, Mm -hmm. what is it that's activating? So for someone who's never maybe experienced it or never recognized that they did, Can you explain a little bit of why so much focus on that area creates powerful shift or awakening within us? Absolutely. Well, if we understand something, and again, forgive me to the men in the audience because I'm going to speak about women here because I have a woman's body. So this is my deepest experience and knowledge and transmission. So for us women, we are built for pleasure. We don't know it because we're so filled up with shame and not enoughness and horrible sexual experiences and self-doubt, right? But originally, our body is built for pleasure, which is why we have so many um, neural uh, centers in the folds of the vagina, etc., all the way up through that canal, the ionic canal, all the way through the cervix, and into the womb, right? So we are built for this experience of pleasure. This is our natural, it's a natural thing. And you know, girls often experience and have orgasms when they're little girls, when they start to touch themselves, when they're little girls, they can actually activate orgasmic energy, which is very shocking for mothers, I might add. (laughs) I don't know what to do with it. But it happens very, very young for us girls, and we often suppress it because of shame, because we often get shamed for it, right? But for a woman, her sexual center is her place of realization. It's her place of realization. It's not somewhere out of the body. It's not somewhere up in the soul. This is her anchor to life. Her sexual center is where she's supposed to be penetrated with love from the man, from man, from the masculine principle. It's her doorway into life to experience herself as a woman and the beauty and the pleasure and the orgasmic energy of that. It's also her doorway where she births life. So it comes both ways, in and out, through these centers, first in the womb, second. And so when we uh, dance or when we breathe or when we're doing practices to close the pelvic floor, to close the energetic centers and the physical centers of the vagina, of the cervix, yoni, um, to contain the energy in the womb, which is what we do a lot in my practice, what we're doing is we're holding life force here and filling it with love. And when this happens, something magic happens. It's a restoration in a woman's body. I am here and I am in the right place because I am in my body and I love my body. There are not many women who truly experience this state very often in their body. But when you come into this kind of feminine practice, 
that activates this uh, nourishment, breath, holding, spinning, figurating, undulating, squeezing, loving, dancing, sounding these centers, it restores her original vibration. And that is, I am here for love. I am here for life. I am here for pleasure, for joy. And inside of that, at the same time, is I'm also here for death, to experience death, which we experience every single month when that blood, you know, comes out of the body. There's a certain death that goes on in woman's body. And if she allows herself to experience it fully, you know, through her menstruation, to connect with the blood, instead of fighting with it, instead of saying, it's wrong, I hate it, it's painful, then again, through the release of life or death or old blood that didn't become life, she starts to see the power of what it is to be a woman. She is creatress. She is destroyer. Now, that sounds like a spiritual concept, but actually it's how she truly lives her life. And when a woman is connected to love, she has access to the ultimate power because love is the greatest intelligence that manifests life as the planet, as your body, as my body, as every living body. And love wants to create more love. Love wants to create more life. Love wants to guard life. Love wants to nourish life. So when a woman's lower centers are nourished, she switches on her original, let's say, blueprint for what she's here for, to bring love into the world through her body. Paraclide, this is so beautiful. I mean, just even hearing what you're saying, it's it's so powerful and it's very, you know, it resonates. It, and there's two things. One where you were talking about um, nourishing our lower centers and just what was coming to mind, the power of cultivating that energy rather than dispelling it unknowingly in a lot of ways that we do, whether it's we're seeking love out here first or we're so afraid that we're clinging on to externalized protection, whatever it may be. But the, the difference between just kind of dispelling or giving our power away, so to speak, rather than coming into relationship and um, honoring it. But it also makes me want to ask you because, I mean, you've shared so much and I'm sure people listening are thinking, okay, well, where do I start <laughs> with working with Paracla? And you have courses that do focus on undoing or undoing working through the layers of our traumas you also have these courses that are very specific to how we come into this deep relationship with the feminine energy so is there a certain order that you would recommend or could you help people understand if they're in a particular place right now what may be best for them to connect with and this is this is one of my biggest challenges honestly because we women are so multifaceted, right? And so you could come to me, for example, and you're in a really difficult relationship or you've just left a relationship, right? And you're feeling very closed, maybe very angry, very upset, or maybe you're longing for love and you're looking for him, etc. So there's so many different places because in truth, in truth as women, love is always at the center of our quest. Mm-hmm. Where we're at in our relationship to love in our life is kind of one of our biggest focuses. We focus all our styling towards it, you know, what we wear, what we do, you know, like everything we do is often for love, to be seen in love, to be in love, to, I don't know, fix a broken love or to get a love out of our life. Or <laughs> So it, it depends where the woman's at when she comes to me because I can take her in from any aspect of her life. So what's beautiful about the courses is that each course has a couple of free lessons ah she can watch it go that's for me you know so she's not sure that's for me and if sensuality and opening up this feminine energy is something that really inspires you then there's a specific course on opening your true sensuality 
And that's also a great place to start because even inside that course, there is a, a practice there. It's a deep yoni cleansing practice to detoxify all that deep trauma that's gone on from your, your sexuality. Um, so that's a great course to start with, opening up your true sensuality. And I think from there you start to, when you enter the sensual body, you get stuff to see, oh, it's stuck here. Geez, I really need to work on this. Oh, this is the cause because I'm still angry at my past <laughs> relationship. I haven't let go of him. You'll see in the site, for example, there's a course on letting go of a past relationship, you know. Right. Or you go through this uh, sensuality course and you said. I'm so ready to share this with a man. And then you'll say, oh, there's a course there to call my true beloveds to me. So it's, I mean, the sensuality, I think, is a great place to start, to start on the site with, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting too. I mean, listening to all of this and just thinking of how powerfully creative we are. And unfortunately, we have for so long allowed ourselves to create, um, not very consciously aware of the impact we have and creating from our wounds and creating from our fear rather than creating yeah. from that space of love. And I love that you say that um, us, the importance of us being in that frequency of love. It's something I actually, the people, the group of people I work with in um, like mentoring, we talk a lot about anything outside of love, anything outside of the frequency of love I believe is what causes disturbance for us. Anything outside of that is what causes disturbance for us. So I am very excited to explore your work more. I can't tell you how excited I was to have this conversation and now even more so just amazed by your body of work and having this understanding of you and your path. So I wanted to make sure everyone knows how to connect with you. And mm -hmm. another thing, I, I want to make sure to mention this as well, because when I was watching your videos, I thought, how am I going to download this music? But I saw you even have music available, albums available on, um, well, I have an Apple phone. So like on the Apple Music Store, there are um, downloads available there. But can we also download and purchase your music straight from your site? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, thank you for asking that question. And it's, all my body of work is on my site. So if they okay. go to Paraquat, it's all there. I have 10 music CDs. So for anything you can imagine, for making love to, to birth babies, to, uh, to empower that inner woman, to connect with that inner beloved, like there's so many different themes inside the music, you know. And uh, so people can purchase that online. So on the platform, it's a very big woman's world. So we have the music side, and then we have about 14 online courses. And as I said, if you're not sure, you can just watch the first videos for free and see, yes, that's for me, or no, that's not for me. And then there's the YouTube where people can watch all. I have a lot of music videos where I'm dancing in many yeah. beautiful places because I travel so much. And uh, also I'm on Instagram, Paraquire on Instagram. People can connect with me there as well. Yeah, you made it very easy. The website, Paraquat, the Instagram, as well as the YouTube channel, all we have to do is put in your name and there you are. I have one last question for you. I don't want to forget to ask because so much of what you shared, I mean, it does point to um, the healing quality and how empowering and nourishing it can be for us and also you know, have a huge impact on the way that we create but could you just share just a couple of examples of how this work, how people have said, or even in your personal experience, how it changes you? Because some mm. people may be wondering, like, why do I need to really come into relationship with my divine feminine? Or why do I need to unveil this true essence of mine? How does mm. it impact my life as a whole? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, when this flow of love switches on in the body, and we don't even have to put it in terms of the divine feminine. When we switch the flow of love in our body, we literally become happy. That is a base, most important thing. When we are not in that flow of love, 
we're constantly being thrown around and there's so much pressure on the world now. There's so much fake media, there's so much social media and there's so much pressure on the psyche that if we don't switch on this flow of love, we are at the mercy. That's why there's so much depression. That's why there's uh, so much um, rage, so much guilt, so much shame because we haven't switched this flow of love in the body. So that's your anchor to life. When you switch the flow of love on, the way you communicate is more honest. Because remember I said love is intelligent. So you see more clearly and you speak truly what you feel more clearly. And you also speak it with more love, you know, with a lot less positioning or aggression or, you know, woundedness. And when you have access and you've done the work by allowing this love to purify a lot of the trauma, you have a lot more energy to create what your soul came here to do. So I see people constantly going through this journey with me and they change their career sometimes or they change their relationship and they're suddenly now in a happy, loving relationship where the creativity is flowing, you know, where there's more abundance. And it's not just about money. Right. It's actually about this moment-by-moment moment acceptance and joy about what's happening in, in daily life. It's like a fire or a passion that switches on. And I think the other thing is that it makes a woman youthful when this flow of love is switched on. I'm 52. And so this youth flows through my body, even though there's pain there. So it's not like it's a perfect reality. It's the flow of love keeps everything aligned even through all the daily challenges of life. It's your greatest power. It's your most creative power. It's your most healing power. And life becomes happy when we switch that flow on. So if you haven't got it on, you, there's a before and after. Before love switched on and after. And afterwards you go, I wasn't even really here in my life. Yeah. That's how I experience it consistently. Well, I'm really glad that we had this conversation for so many reasons. I know it'll be very powerful for those listening and everyone in the community. Also, interestingly, I think it'll make a lot of people have this aha moment because people in this realm, a lot of times tend to focus the idea of love just on the heart center. So even this mm -hmm. recognition of the importance of connection to self, to body, to earth, and how it all begins at the foundation is quite mm. powerful within itself. So I thank you so much, Paraquad, for coming today. I will have the links for your Instagram, website, um, also the YouTube channel. And I do encourage everyone to check out your body of work because it's just as you've shared today, it's just absolutely beautiful. So thank you for coming. Thank you so much. And I just want to also reflect that because you are a deeply inquiring woman, your reflection on my work, brought wonderful questions both to me and I think to your, your listeners that you had the depth of insight to ask those questions that maybe people couldn't exactly formulate, but you did. <laughs> you know, so thank you so much for and the depth that you move from. Oh, thank you, my love. It's, it's an absolute pleasure for me. It really is. I've learned so much just through being in connection with your work, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people that are listening now. So thank you so much. And thank you everyone else. We'll see you soon. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I hope that you enjoyed that beautiful conversation with Paraqua. And I want to thank her again for coming to share her story. It was very inspiring, but it also gave me personally a different lens and understanding of um, the connection to body and how this really re relates to our activation. And I loved the parts that she shared about the importance of being in the energy, the essence of love, because I wholeheartedly believe that and center a lot of my work around it. And Reiki has been such a catalyst of that for me. So I hope that you will, um, or that you have gained some insights and some inspiration from this conversation. You can learn more about Paraqua and her work at Paraqua.com. You can follow her on Instagram at Paraqua. And you can also watch her videos and some of her amazing performances on YouTube 
at Paraquat. And again, that is spelled P-E-R-U-Q-U-O-I-S, but all of the links are down in the show description. Also want to remind you, those of you who have alchemy or the Energetic Alchemist Oracle deck, um, if you want to join me for Alchemy of the Oracle, the Oracle boxes will be going out soon. I just got the Oracle workbook back in the mail. I had to order the copies of them to go out for everyone. You can see how thick this is <laughs> to really give you an idea of the level of work um, and exercises that you will get in the course. So if you want to join me for Alchemy of the Oracle, be sure to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. I look forward to working with you. Or if you just want to order your copy of the limited edition Oracle deck, you can get that access on my website as well. So I thank you all for being here. I hope you have a beautiful week. And remember to always journey in love.